Okay, people. So, hope you're ready for another episode of Echo Chamber. Um, this week, we've got a two-parter for you. So, straight flavor, people. Straight flavor. Now, we're going to start off as we do, right, for the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 13th to the 15th of January. So, still holding on in the top 10, it's Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So, this is from director Ryan Cougar. He's back. He co-writes a script with Joe Robert Cole. It's starring Angela Bassett, Danny Guerrera, Latita Wright, Lapita Nagungo, right? Tenich Hereta, Lake Bell, Martin Freeman, Michaela Cole, Dominic Fawne, Winston Duke, Richard Scaife, and more. At number nine is Vu. I, yeah, I have no clue how to pronounce this, right? Um, it's written and directed by H. Vinouf. Um, and it's starring Amir, AJ, Manju Warrior, Ajif Kumar. Um, yeah, I know nothing about this film. Yeah, so <laughs> unfortunately, people, that's all you are getting at number eight it's tar right this is the new film from todd field he write, wrote and directed it starring kate blanchett naima merlant nina horse sophie kua adam guprick mark martin schraub um so, at number seven is another one that I'm going to struggle to pronounce. Uh, Varisu, right? I think, right? Um, this is <laughs> directed by Vam Vamshi Padipali, right? Who co-writes with um, Harry and Ashior Solomon. It's starring Joseph Vijay, Rashmika Mamdana, Sham, Prabhu, uh, Prakash Raji. Right? So, now... Whew, at number six, we can go to something I can pronounce. It's a man called Otto, right? This is from Mark Foster, and it is written by David McGee, right? Based on, um, you know, I, I think it's Norwegian book, right? Of the same name from Hannah's home, right? Uh, no, I think Hannes Holm translated it and it was originally written by Frederick Backman. I could be wrong. So, uh, yeah, don't necessarily take my word on that one, people. 
<laughs> but um, yes, it's starring Tom Hanks, John Higgins, Tony Bingham, Lily Cruzuk, Mac Bayard, Cameron Britton. Um, yeah, you know, I'm hearing. Um, I, I don't know. Some people have said it's decent, right? So uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, means we are now in our top five, five, five. Um, and at number five, people, it's Matilda the Musical, right? This is Matthew Wachus's, um, you know, adaptation of the musical of the Ronald Dow book of the same, well, the book was called Matilda, right? It was written by Dennis Kelly, uh, and it's starring Emma Thompson, Lashana Lynch, Stephen Graham, Andrea Rusper, uh, Alicia Ware, Nick Owen Ford, Rebe Massey, Noah Leggett, Sindhu V, right? Um, yeah, at number four, people, we have got uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody. This is the Whitney Houston bio. It is directed by Cassie Lemons and written by Anthony McCartan. Starring Naomi Aki, Stanley Tucci, Tamara Tooney, Clark Peters, Ashton Sanders, um, Nafessa Williams, Nahim Gar Garcia, Heidi Geyser, uh, Marilyn Swick. At number three, it's Empire of Light. I feel this is a new one. Uh, it is written and directed by Sam Mendes, starring Olivia Coleman, Michael Ward, Colin Firth, Toby Jones, Tom Brooke, Tanya Moody, Hannah Onslow, Crystal Clark, Monica Dolan. At number two, it is Megan. All right, this is a new horror film from director Gerard Johnston. Um, and it is written by Akila Cooper. It's starring Alison Williams, Violet McGrath, Jenna Davis, Amy Donald, Jen Van Epps, Brian Jordan Alvarez, Jack Cassidy, Romy Chang. And our number one film, you know what it is, right? It's Avatar, The Way of the Water. Uh, James Cameron directs, he co-wrote with Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver. And it's starring Zoe Salanda, Kate Winslet, Sam Worthington, Sigourney Weaver, Stephen Lang. Giovanni Rabisi, Bailey Bass, Chloe Coleman, um, Jermaine Clement, Cliff Curtis, et al. So, yes, people, that is, right, that's our, um, 
yeah, that's our selection. And I think now we can get into this week's films, right? So, people, let's go. Okay, people, so we're going to start things off with a new film from Signature. It is The Harbinger. Okay, so a new film from Signature, The Harbinger. Harbinger? Harbinger? No, there's not two R's. Harbinger. Harbinger. Hmm. Yes, it is the new film from Andy Mitten. He wrote and directed it. He also produces along with Richard W. King and Jay Dunn. It's executive produced by Clark Freeman. Um, Milton Mitten even also handles the music. Cinematography is from Ludovica Isidora. Um, Mitten edits the film. He's wearing a lot of hats. Right, production design is from Jiu Lin. Uh, Sonia Voltazar is art direction. Costume design was from Candy Spielen. Um, makeup is Mung Hui Park and Ikiro uh, Sabawada. Uh, and our cast, hmm, I don't think we, oh yeah, we do. Okay, so Mavis is played by Emily Davis. Um, got Jason, her landlord, played by Jay Dunn. We then have got um, Ronald, played by Raymond Anthony Thomas. Um, do 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 do. There is Monique Mo, played by Gabby Beans. Um, Lyle, her brother, played by Miles Walker. Um, her mum, in flashbacks, is played by Quiana Watson. And the younger Monique, in those flashbacks, is played by Mopap. Soconi. Uh, we got Edward played by Cody Braverman. Um, Wendy played by Laura Heisler. Crystal played by Stephanie Roth Habalil. There's a policewoman played by Candice Adkins. A couple of crying um, women who we see, played by Anita Moreno and Joelle Woodson. Uh, yeah, I think that's 
basically it, right? Now, the gist of the film, when her oldest friend is plagued by horrific nightmares from the beyond, Monique is forced to travel to New York City on the first, um, New York City. On the first night of the visit, Monique learns the dreams are contagious, and so is the Harbinger, the plague mask-wearing demon who not only feeds on its victim souls, but walks reality itself to remove any trace of their existence. So, uh, yeah. Sounds like <laughs> a happy film, right? <laughs> now, we open up and we see Mavis, right? And, and, and she's going through this bad nightmare experience, and it's all like, Urgh. she needs help, right? We get a glimpse of the big bad, uh, not a full look, which is good, right? It's just that little teaser. Then we jump, and we've got Monique with her dad and her brother. It's her dad's birthday so they're celebrating trying to right and you know she gets a call which is Mavis which brings her to the thing and I, I think there's a there's a lot of good things in this film right I, I think there's a good use of tension um you know, I think teasing the whole plague Doctor Harbinger was good, right? Trying to, you know what I mean? You don't want to give away too much too soon. So that's all good. And it's just that what's going on, right? It's just that crazy anticipation that, you know, that's handled very well. I think one thing one big thing for me that's just fucking pandemic, right? I don't enjoy things that are such a focus on the fucking pandemic, right? It's just irritating. Now, Hank, a part of it because we, we look, we know what it was, right? We know what it was. And we know what a lot of people did. But every time we see these things, everyone's got their masks on and they're, they're wearing masks indoors. And it's just this crazy over-the-topness, which, yeah, some people did that. Not everyone, right? So a lot of people that were just like, all right, fine, I'll wear it if I have to go into public. I ain't wearing it in-house. I'm not wearing it in my car. I'm not being crazy like that. But in these films and TV shows, that's how people are, right? And it's just this, it, it, it's very peculiar, right? It's very fucking peculiar. Like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to give uh, this weird sense of craziness, you know? Because it's not what it was. It's not what it was. Right, and there's a bit where there's a kid who's got, I mean, we're given the impression he's got COVID, which is like, kids didn't get it. 
Or if people did, it's because they had an, you know, an immune system issue, right? But it's, that's like in the news, never mentioned, which is just like, ugh. So that was, because it's so much of the film. It's not like, oh, they're just, you know, it's such a big part of the film. It's mentioned all the time. You, you know, you can't go outside. Yeah, you're protected, you know. And it's just like there's this one scene where there's this argument about her going, you know, to New York City. Right? Because they're out in the middle of they're out in the suburbs, I'm I'm imagining, probably New Jersey, something like that. I don't think we know, but I'm imagining it's something like that, right? Um and it's just like, I can't believe you're doing it. You're so selfish, blah, blah, blah. And then a bit later, it's just like, well, I knew you were going to go. Don't worry. I'll, I'll sort it out. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Then it's just like, wait, what the fuck was the first thing then? Right? It didn't make any sense in that regard. You know? And there's a few little bits in the film that don't necessarily completely make sense. Right? But, you know, there's some twists that you know, not bad, not bad, though you do kind of feel, but you've been given the information, so how are you falling for this? But, you know what I mean, like, it, it definitely could happen, so it's not like you're just kind of a little bit like, come on, man, don't, what are you doing? The character, so it, it's not a bad plot device or anything like that it, it's just you know it's one of those ones where you're just like screaming at the screen going do not do that shit <laughs> what are you doing you know so there's these weird kind of things there's stuff that isn't fully explained right because we, we kind of get a gist of the situation between mavis and money but not fully Right, and I kind of feel you need to know everything to be like, why would she go during this? Right, because you've made such a big deal about the pandemic. So what would bring someone out like that? You know? So there's definitely stuff to like about this film. It's a lot to like about this film, actually. You know, very good performances. You know, definitely believe the the fear and anxiety that is going on. Right, it's lit very well, so it it helps with that tension. You feel me? That's all great. That's all great. It it is just. You know, some of these kind of threads which don't necessarily completely make sense. You know, it, it, it's like the woman, you know, they're, they're speaking to. It's just some of the, because you think, surely, wait, wouldn't she give more? Like, if she knows more, why is she ain't giving more? You know, and that's before the thing. Right, but you just like give the information, you know, 
like there's this weird thing about why are the dreams contagious? Like what's happening here? You know, and, and you kind of think there should have been more about, oh, people, these things are disappearing when it's just like, you know, because I think if this was set in the 80s or early 90s, you there's no way you could find out kind of find out right there's there's ways of finding out now i mean just go on the friggin social media and be like oh what let's see what you posted right because that might give us something but there's yeah there's just these little like plot bits that you just like i mean it needs to be fleshed out a little bit more, you know what I mean? Or a bit more context so we can fully, you know what I mean, get the get the vibe of this thing, you know? So there is that. And then the ending is, it's fun, but then when we get this other stuff, you are a little perplexed. Right, because it's like, what would be the degree of, you know? Because you're like, if pictures are there, then is it people in that vicinity? Right, would people further away, should they still know? Right, this is the thing we do not have anything on. So it's just like, ah, they... I think it doesn't fully hit like it could have. You know what I mean? Doesn't fully hit like it could have, which is a shame. Definitely a shame. But there is in there's there's a lot here to appreciate and to like. You know what I mean? As I said, performances, the lighting, the cinematography, all of that. Great. It's great. Just some of these plot points. Just some of these little plot points, people. But, right, it is out on Monday. You know, so if this sounds like it could be, you know, a jam for you, if you enjoy some of these kind of... Like, I guess if you liked... Uh, I think it was Sync... Chronosia, right? We looked at towards the end of last year. If if that if you enjoyed that, I think that kind of plays a little bit like this. I mean, they're completely different films, but you know, I think they play a little bit similar, right? So I think if you enjoyed that, then yeah, this could be a jam for you. You feel me? So yeah, there's a link. Pre-order link in the episode information, so you can grab it on iTunes. But it's out on Monday on all your favorite VODs. So um, yeah, there you go, people. The Harbinger. Yo, so next up, right. We um, take a little step back. It's a film from last year. It is a psychological crime flick called 
D outfit. Okay, so I checked out the outfit, right? Now, I s this hasn't been on my radar, right? This film had not been on my radar at all. But it was on a couple of my people's um, lists of the films they enjoyed from 2022, right? I think... Sean, Sean McKeever had it on his. I think Ed Douglas had it on his. And Tupac Fever had it on his. So I was, I was intrigued, right? Because I think the one big thing was, I saw it was a gangster film, right? And I saw Mark Rylance was in it. And I was a, you know what I mean? Like, I know how old Mark Rylance is. Great actor, but he's an old dude. And I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to buy this old dude running around killing people and all of that kind of thing. Now, I understand, right? We had, um, is it Nick Oldenthorpe? Something like that, right? In Nobody. I love no Nobody was great. But Mark Rylance is older still. So it was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. So I was like a little skeptical. But as I saw it in my boys' lists, I was like, you know what? Nah, I'm going to check that shit out, right? So this is the feature directorial debut from um, Graham Moore. Uh, he co-wrote the film with Jonathan McLean. It is produced by Ben Browning, uh, Amy Jackson, and Scoop Wozerstein. Was, was it's executive produced by Brad Zimmerman, um, Milan Popalika, uh, Jonathan McLean, Ashley Fox. And Alison Cohen. It is co-produced by Nell Green and Elizabeth Siegel. Okay. Alexand Alexandre Disblatt took care of the music. Dick Pope, cinematography. William Goldenberg edited the piece. Production design was Gemma Jackson. Art direction is Richard Selway. Set decoration is Tonya Sherman. Costume design, Zach Poson and Sophie O'Neill. And a lot of props, I feel, have to go to those two. All right. Maria Garaloma Sale, Leza Warner, Chloe Medlings. Christine Mallet, Lauren Hawes, Andreas Franz, Satinda Chama, Christine Blundell, and Ima Adia handled hair, makeup, prosthetics. 
and our cast. Well, Mark Rylance is Leonard, our cutter. He's got an assistant called Mabel, played by Zoe Dooch. And then there's our crime boss, right? Our crime boss, Roy. Um, oh, for the bright life of me, I cannot remember the name of his family. I, mm, damn, Bugle. I think it's Bugle, right? But Roy is the head. He is played by Simon Russell Beale. And he's got a son, Richie, played by Dylan O'Brien. Um, also a bodyguard, right, who works with Richie as well, called Francis, played by Johnny Flynn. Um, there's Monk, who is Roy's bodyguard, played by Alan... Mia Diaz, he um, got some other gangsters played by William Ketch and Laris Carcalins. There's FBI, an FBI agent played by Jonathan McLean. Um, more gangsters played by Steve Chatfield and Michal Forjek. Uh, and then, see, it was a little surprise. So I ain't going to tell you who these peoples are, right? But we've got Nikki Amukabird, Chedu Agboff, and Michael Addo. They are also in it with some very good performances. So the gist of the film is this. Leonard, a master English cutter not Taylor, who's ended up in Chicago, operates a corner tailor shop with his assistant, where he makes beautiful clothes for the only people around who can afford them, a family of vicious gangsters. One night, two killers knock on his door in need of a favour, and Leonard is thrust onto the board in a deadly game of deception and murder. Bum, bum, bum. Now, we're not necessarily told this crime family are the only people that can afford the clothes. Because we do see other people in and out of the shop. Right? But they're probably his biggest customers. I mean, they probably pay the most. You know what I mean? But, yo, I gotta tell you, people, I was... So surprised by this film. So this was nothing, nothing what I expected. Oh, my days. I I loved it. It was so good. So good. Right? One of the things that jumped out is it starts with Rylance talking about cutting, right, and how you make a suit. And we see him, then we see him go about that process. And it's the intricate detail that really stood out from Jump, right? That's one thing that just intrigued me. It's just this detail. And I was like, yo, okay, okay. 
And as the story goes on, right, it is mild-mannered, right? It's this, oh, man, this interesting approach to things because we just have the character just talking and you're just thinking, okay, well, this is like a gangster film, right? But I can't see this dude with guns and shit. Like, how is this going to work? You know, right? It, I think you can have these pre predetermined judgments, but you know what I mean. It, it it's just the surprise when things go in a completely different way, right? You can look at the film and think, "Oh, I think they're going to do this." They're not going to do that thing, right? And then as the story is playing out. And we get these twists and turns, right? Which are just like, yo, what the fuck is going on here? You know what I mean? You're, you're thinking, where do they go? Right? So, wait, if that's how, are they going to do this? And then it doesn't happen, it goes somewhere else. And you're like, oh, man. Right? Because the worst thing this could have been is a Guy Ritchie ripoff, and it is nothing like it's its own animal, right? Inhabits its own world and is smart, very friggin' smart, right? We have these incredible performances. Mark Rylance is just fantastic, right? He's fantastic. Zoe Deutsch, you know, really. Man, she really delivers here. Really delivers, you know? Which was great. It's fantastic to see. You know, I, I think you can have your, um, you know, you can have your judgments, but she's uh, definitely delivered on a lot of stuff that, you know, we've seen her in. Right, which is, um, yeah, I mean, that's always good, right? Now, she's been in a lot of teeny bopper films, right? Which, mm, you know, not necessarily my cup of tea, but she's also, um, yeah, I think she's been in a few things which kind of like stand out. Right. And yeah, we're seeing her really come into her own right now, which is, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Right. Now, we did see her last in something from Tiffany's, which, you know, that wasn't great. Right. That wasn't the best. It wasn't to say her performance was rubbish in that, but it's just filming alone just was not, you know, but yet yeah, this, woo, this was uh, very good, this was very good, and you will, right, you just see a real talent there, so that was great, right, then we've just got the other performances, you know, which yeah, everything has to be on point, right? Because of 
the the nuances with this script, like the twists and the turns, right? So you know, there's people giving you this human element, which you're thinking, oh, right, that's a gangster. I'm not expecting that. So it's real smart. And the end, man, it, it's it's kind of like June Messiah. Right, I really enjoyed that book. But after June, you're like, well, where do we go from here? And you're reading June Messiah and go, okay, this is really good, but I do not know how they end it. I have no clue how they're going to end this fucking film. And then, boom, it all just like bah, 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 falls into place. And you're just like, what? Yo, that's crazy. And that was the thing with this. It just fell into place. And you're just like, oh, shit. It's really, really good. And then they throw you another little thing, right? They throw you this next. And you're just like, what is going to happen here? And then we get this new element, right? There's so many layers to these characters, we get these little flashes, right? Which you're just like, is this the past? Is this the future? Did this actually even happen? <laughs> and it all just gives so much to this story, right? Because you are on your toes. You are thinking, you'd be like, where can this go? What can happen? How can, you know, get out of this predicament, right? Who's to blame? And you're just, man, you're so engrossed. You are so engrossed with this story. It's um, pretty freaking great job. Pretty freaking great job. And I've got to say, right, you just want to see what more does next. You know what I mean? You want to see what he does next because this, a superb job, right? Now, he started off, um, you know, as, as, as a novelist, right? Started off as a novelist, you know? And then he wrote some screenplays. You know, it was you know, stuff that was meant to be very good, right? Wrote The Imitation Game, which, um, you know, I have not seen. It's got Benedict uh, Cumberbunch in it. But I hear, very good, you know? Um, but, yeah, so that that's how he started off. And, listen, I think... With what he does here, you can see, you know, that uh, he's ch where his chops are at, right? Because it is very good. It is very good. You know, and the, the plot twists and everything like that, they do work. It's not one of those things where you're just like, Ah, come on, man. That's just like 
so many leaps of faith you have to do, you know, the dust machina and just, no, 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 not the case. So, uh, yeah, I, I think coming from a place of writing free books, you know, and then the, uh, the screenplays, you can, uh, you can just see how we're able to get a, a film of this quality, but then being able to deliver on your debut feature film as a director, man, you know what I mean? I, I think you just want to know what home is going to do next. Right, so if like me, you drop the ball, you drop the ball, then go, people, go and watch the outfit now because you will not be disappointed. If you like a smart, you know, crime film, a psychological, you know, in peace. Right, you know, stuff like Memento, right, stuff like um, The Usual Suspect. If that's your jam, then the outfit, trust me, the outfit will be for you. And we are bringing part one to a close with the new film from Lionsgate, and it's a banger. It is Alice Darling. Okay, people. So thanks to um yo, the good folks over at Lionsgate. I have just come back from a screening of Alice Darling. So this is the new film. Well, actually, it's the her featured directorial debut um, of Mary Nye. Okay, um, the film is written by Alana Francis. Um, it is produced by Lindsay Tapscott, Noah Siegel, Christina Pivorsen, and Katie Bird Nolan. It's executive produced by Sam Tipperhale, uh, Laurie May, Adrian Love, and Anna Kendrick. It's associate produced by Alana Francis and line produced by Coral Aiken. Music is handled by Owen Pallett and Mike McLaughlin is uh, on the cinematography. Gareth C. Scales edits the film. Alice Searby put together all the casting. Jennifer Morden, production design. Claudia Dal Orso uh, was on art dec direction. Set decoration is Lucy Larkin. Uh, Marissa Schwartz handled costume design. And Jasmine Merninsky, Jessica Panetta, and Samantha Page Ryan did all the hair and makeup. Okay, so our cast. Well, 
Anna Kendrick plays Alice. She's got um, her best friend, Sophie, played by Wumi Muzuku. And Tess, played by Kanifit Leo Horn. Uh, her boyfriend is Simon, played by Charlie Carrick. We also have got um, Marcus, played by Mark Winnick. Um, um, hmm. There's a few, like, there's a few other people. They don't have huge roles. Like, there's people in the bar and all of that. So we will say, um, we've also got Daniel Stolfi, uh, Caroline Fay, Gordon Harper, Vivian Zarilio, uh, Mari Bab, Susan Applewaith, Ethan Mitchell, James N. Jenkinson, Lindsay Liss. Tony Elwood, Deborah Grover, Sarah Braddeen, and Farah Marani. Um, also, Alina Khan. So, they're also in the film. Now, the gist, right? So, um, yeah. Alice is a woman pushed to the breaking point by her psychologically abusive boyfriend, Simon. While on vacation with two close girlfriends, Alice rediscovers the essence of herself and gains some much-needed perspective. Slowly, she starts to fray the cords of codependency that bind her, but Simon's vengeance is as inevitable as it is shattering, and once unleashed, it tests Alice's strength her courage, and the bonds of her deep-rooted friendships. I mean, that's kind of it, right? But I kind of feel that does a disservice to what the film actually is, you know? Because what we have here, it's not just shining the light on, you know what I mean, these psychological abusive relationships. Right, but also the strength of friendship and what it means to be a friend, right? Because usually we have friends and they all get on and bump all of that jazz, right? But here we see different sorts of friendship, you know? Sophie is just warm and open and wants to ensure everyone is taken care of. Tess, Tess is a little different, right? Because I think Tess, she can see some bullshit in Simon and, you know, she's got her own shit, right? Her own frustrations, she's just about to turn 30, so there's some different things. So at times, there's some frosty interactions with Alice. But the big thing is, she's still Alice's friend, right? So when she sees Alice in pain, it's like the other stuff is forgotten. You know what I mean? And I think that's one of the big things. Because there's times when 
you know, you might have had an argument with your friend and then you might find out that, you know, something bad has happened and you're like, well, fuck them. I'm not contacting them until they, they apologize. It's just like, no, 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 no. There's certain things that kind of circumvent everything, right? Cut through and you just be like, yo, are you okay? What do you need? I got you, right? And that's what we see here. See, that's one of the, I think, a real shining light of the film that it, it's showing these nuances, you know, we open up. It's one of those films that kind of opens up with the end, you know what I mean? But you don't know. And it, it it's not a crazy thing, right? It's not like someone standing over, a, a, you know, a, a bloody corpse and you're just like, yo, what, ah, what happened? No, it's an innocuous kind of scene. But yeah, there's there's different kind of um I guess you can look at it differently once you have seen everything that has gone down, you know. But yeah, this is really interesting. I really enjoyed this film. It's dark, right? It, it's not uh, just a uh, easy watch right there's a lot of things that make you cringe make you feel uncomfortable you know but that's not a bad thing right because it's it's real now one of the big things as well i think with this film right these performances are tremendous oh so freaking good man so freaking good but i think Everyone's going to have a different experience of what this is. You know what I mean? So if you've been in a abusive psychological relationship, it might not have been to this extent, right? It might have been worse. It, but it's probably different in, in some way, right? So not every experience is exactly the same. But I think when you watch this, you know what's happening, you know what I mean? And that's the beauty of it. It's just the, the behaviors, right? Just the reactions, the coping mechanisms. You watch it and you'd be like, oh, I, I, I know what she's feeling. I understand. I can sense her pain here, right? Her fear, her, her confusion. All of that just jumps out the screen at you, right? And and it's funny because, you know, we open up and then there's a scene of, uh, you know, Alice in a car and she's twirling her hair around her finger. But it looks very just, you know, just one of those little things people do. You know what I mean? Like, oh, thinking, bum, bum, bum. But as the film goes on, right, we, we see these things as what they really are, you know, and it's magnified greatly. You know what I mean? Just, oh, there's a few scenes in the toilets that are just like, oh, man. Oh, man. This is just, ooh, you know what I mean? But, yeah, we, we have just these great performances, great performances from 
everyone involved. You know, I mean, listen, he, he's not, <laughs> he's not the most likable, right? Simon, not the most like, well, he's not likable at all. But Charlie Carrick plays that role extremely well. Extremely well, people. You know, there's a bit in the bedroom where he just looks up and he has this smile, which then switches and you're just like, oh, fuck. Or when he's talking and he gets in close and he's, Alice, it's just you and me. And you're just like, Jesus Christ, man. You know, Sophie, Wumi, just phenomenal. A phenomenal, like definitely a standout in this film. The, the way she plays Sophie, it, it's, you know, because it is this person that's just warm and open. But then we have some scenes where you can see her worry, right? You can see her just frustration and then the contempt. And, oh, the way she puts it out there is, is magnificent, right? Now, what Canitio Horn has to do with Tess? Oh, that's a difficult one. Right? Because as I said, look, it's a different sort of relationship here. You know what I mean? So there's bits where she's kind of standoffish, she's a little frosty, but then when she's just fully like, yo, I got you. You know what I mean? And she delivers all of those, all of those different performances so well so well right we have this great scene of them drunk doing karaoke well not doing they're just singing right you know hey everyone's seen a bunch of drunk girls right it's they always think they can sing oh my days it's so bad <laughs> but they do that and you know, I think we speaking about something last week, right? There's a film and we, we had these people, I forget if it was drunk or on drugs, but it actually felt realistic. And this, this felt realistic, right? The way they sang the song and missed words and forgot lines and you know what I mean? It's just like, and I... Ba, 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 ba. I just had that. You know what I mean? All of that shit. It, it was so good. So good. Like all the interactions felt natural, right? Felt like the kind of conversations, the kind of confrontations that we have in real life. And that, that is the type of thing that can really just take a film down. Right, because, you know what I mean? Look, there's some things that have that Dawson's Creek effect, right? Where everyone talks exactly the same. You know what I mean? Buffy, there's all, like, there was a tone and everyone had it. You know what I mean? But that's not real life, yo. This, man, yeah, was every person had their own characteristics, their own personality, you know? 
and and it was phenomenal. We're just seeing the the breakdown of Alice, right? Which was oh heart wrenching. But this is as I said, look, we we saw that, and we saw the her, like her friends kind of helping her come to the realization of what was going on. Because that's the thing. In the synopsis, it makes it sound like, oh, she did it all on her own. No, she did it with her friends, right? Because when you're on your own, you're like, oh, I've I've done this and this is happening and bah, and I need to be better. And you need someone to go, yo, no, 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 no. You have done nothing wrong. You're not a bad person, right? Anyone that tells you that is an arsehole. Right, and so it's you know, I mean, you know how these things work, right? Originally, you're like, no, you don't know what you're talking about, right? But you need people to persevere and to be like, no, 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 you're good, you're good. We got you, and this we see this, and it's just, you know, it it, it it's as I say, it's dark, it's kind of unnerving, but. Man, it, it it's powerful shit. Powerful shit. But at the beginning, right, we see these scenes where you don't know what's happening. But there's these little tales, right? The way, you know, characters are standing together, right? In a hug. You know, it's little flinches and things like that, which are... Oh, you know what I mean? You just see that and you're like, oh, what's happening here? It's interesting. The one thing I was, uh, the, 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 the only one thing I have to say about the film, because there are scenes around text messaging. And, you know, I heard people react to some of the texts and things like that, but man, couldn't see them, right? Got a big screen, but. You know, the way that the texts are being displayed argh, it is, it was frustrating, right? Like, you know, I get it. It's a phone and you're thinking, oh, how do we do this? I think Sherlock did it in a very interesting way. You know, the TV, the Stephen Moffat TV series. But I think for the most part, yeah, the, I mean, this is the norm, right? But it is frustrating. But that was the only thing. The rest of the film, the cinematography, like, you know, the music, everything, the tone, the, you know, the costumes felt like, yes, this character would wear that. You know what I mean? Like, everything just works. It works. And, you know, there was a Q&A afterwards. And, you know, she was saying how some of the reactions she's having. You know, and I do think seeing this, right, because I think the problem with this sort of relationship is it's hard to know, right? Unless you've witnessed an interaction or maybe you've seen some cuts or, that you know, you've walked in on someone doing some stuff in the bathroom or something like that. It's hard to know because there's no bruises, there's no physical bruises, there's mental bruises, psychological bruises, nothing physical, right? So I think this, a film like this can show people 
some of the footprints, right, to what this is, you know, things maybe to look out for, you know, things someone might do or say. So I think it's, a, it's you know, it's a useful, powerful film in that respect. But just as a filmmaking vehicle, right, what, um, what Mary's been able to do in her feature debut is something fantastic, right? Alana wrote a tremendous script. The cast were fantastic. Man, people, look, it's it's a darker subject, but it, it, it's a subject that I think people need to know more about, right? You need to understand this shit. So I think there's, there's watching it on that point, but it's a fantastic film as well. So, yeah, Alice Darling. Or is it Alice Darling? I'm not quite sure because you've got a little squiggy. Is it a hyphen? I don't know. But, yeah, it might be Alice Darling. But anyway, regardless, go watch this film because it is so good. If you enjoyed, you know what I mean? I would say if you enjoyed, like, well, if you enjoyed Kendrick in anything, you know what I mean? A simple favor up in the air, then you will like this, right? If you enjoyed Gone Girl, the book, right? I think the film was as good as the book, but even if you like the film, you will like this. You know what I mean? If, if that kind of thing is your jam, right? Single white female, that kind of, you will enjoy Alice, darling. So people, go take a look. It will be out in cinemas from Friday. So yeah. When have I ever steered you wrong, right? Right? All right, people, have fun. Okay, people. So if you are horror fans, it is coming up to that time again, right? I'm talking about Final Girls Berlin, right? The film festival is excited to present its eighth edition with a full lineup, including eight feature films, 10 short blocks, and a series of horror-related events led by international genre specialists. The program sheds light on, among other things, the horrors and pleasures of youth, aging, gender, intimacy, and queerness. The festival will run from February the 1st to the 5th, a day longer than usual. How about that? At City Kino Wedding, and will include a virtual component. Right? So they're committed to showcasing work by women and non-binary horror filmmakers. The Final Girls Berlin Film Festival has been listed as one of Movie Maker Magazine's top 50 genre festivals in the world and named among Dread Central's the best horror festivals in the world. Right? So the feature films that will be showing is Raquel one one one? Um, yeah, it's the Berlin premiere. It's written and directed by Marina 
Bastos from Brazil. Um, so the gist is, after losing her mother in a tragic circumstances, Raquel, a religious teenager, moved with her father to a small town in the countryside of Brazil to start over. Quickly, she makes friends with a group of evan evangelical girls from a local church, deepening into her spirituality and the pain of her profound traumas. During her first days in the new town, she also experiences a mysterious spiritual awakening where she's given an important and controversial mission involving rewriting the Bible with support from some and resentment from others. Raquel tries hard to find balance within a disturbing spirit spiral of faith, reason, and madness. Hmm. We then have Hatching, written and directed by Hannah Bergholm from Finland. Right, so 12-year-old um, <clears throat> gymnast Tinja is desperate to please her image-obsessed mother, whose popular blog lovely everyday life presents their family's idyllic existence as manicured suburban perfection one day after finding a wounded bird in the woods tinger brings its strange egg home nettles nestles it in her bed and nurtures it until it hatches the creature that emerges becomes her closest friend and a living nightmare, plunging Tinja beneath the impeccable veneer into a twisted reality that her mother refuses to see. Ooh. Polaris, also making its German premiere, is written and directed by Kirsten Carfew from Canada. Set in 2101, against the backdrop of a subarctic wasteland, Sumi, a human child raised by a polar bear, narrowly escapes capture from a brutal Morad hunting party. When Sumi stumbles across a frozen girl, an unlikely friendship is forged. Together they race ahead of the vindictive hunters towards the only guiding light Sumi knows the Polaris star. Um, there's also Husser, um, directed by Michelle Gaza Savera, um, co written by Savera and Abia Castillo. Uh, it's a Mexican film. Right, so Valerie's joy at becoming pregnant with her first child is quickly taken away when she's cursed by a sinister entity. As danger closes in and relationships with her family become fractured, she's forced deeper into a chilling world of dark magic that threatens to consume her. A group of witches emerge that could be her only hope for safety and salvation, but not without grave risk. We then have Sissy, 
right, which is directed by Hannah Barlow and Kane Sens. Um, they both also co-write the film. It's Australian. Um, Cecilia has perfected her online persona, doling out self-care advice with easy confidence to her many social media followers and seemingly having it all together. However, the truth is her online life is a mess. Offline line, it is a mess. When she bumps into her childhood best friend, Emma, Emma spontaneously invites her to a bachelorette party in a remote cabin. Cecilia reluctantly agrees to come in the hope of reconnecting, and that's where the trouble really begins. That's a great one. We covered it last year, um, as it's on Shudder. Then there is Celia, um, written and directed by Ann Turner, another Australian film. Um, I think this is an older film as well, from 1989, right? So this is Melbourne, Australia, 1957, seen through the frighteningly clear window of a child's eyes, when Celia's next-door neighbours are hounded out of town for their political beliefs and her beloved rabbit is taken by the government in a statewide muster, her world is threatened and Celia learns that she must either give in or fight back. She fights back. There's Nightmare, also making its German debut. It's written and directed by Kajersti Helen Rasmussus. It's a Norwegian film. Um, Mona and Robbie are a young couple in love. Robbie has just landed his dream job, and they've scored an amazing deal on a spacious, if run-down apartment. Neither, never mind that it requires quite a bit of renovation. Never mind the neighbors consistently fight and screaming baby. Never mind that Mona is suddenly plagued by night terrors, which grow more intense every time she falls asleep. Robbie is eager to start a family despite Mona's hesitations. Eventually, Mona's issues spiral dangerously out of control as she becomes convinced that she is being attacked by a mythical demon, the mayor, intent on possessing her unborn child. Bum, bum, bum. There's also Watcher, directed by Chloe Okuno who co-writes with Zach Ford, right? It's um, US, UA, and Romanian film. A young American woman moves with her husband to Bucharest um, and begins to suspect that a stranger who watches her from the apartment building across the street may be a local serial, serial killer decapitating women. Oi. Oh my gosh. So, yes, there is a number of short programs, um, female facts, uh, there's body horror, um, there's men avassing 
Oh, I can't read. Menacing presences. Uh, close to home. Creatures. Bodily autonomy. Queer horror. And, oh, no, midnight and young and deadly. Oh, and high tension. I'm, yeah, just rubbish. Okay, so, um, yeah, you have all of that. We will be covering the shorts on the podcast. There's a tarot workshop led by Isabella Coburn. Um, somatic Sabbath, a workshop led by Carrie McIlwain. Um, to Dance in the Flame, Dissident Sexuality in Mexican Post-Millennial Horror, a talk by Dr. Valeria Villegas Lindeval. Um, it's pretty deadly. Right, Self-Defense Against Zombie Hordes, a workshop led by Natalie uh, Crivelli. So, yeah, there's a lot going on, people. If you are a fan of horror, then this is definitely a festival for you. So, Final Girls Berlin, the 8th edition, takes place the 1st to the 5th of February. Right, links are um, on the website, so definitely go check it out. Okay, people, so part one is coming to a close, but before we do, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of films right so we know we're getting a new naked gun film and liam neeson is going to be leading it he's going to be playing frank draben jr son of the liam neeson character of the original films right um but now we know that Dan Greger and Doug Mand will be writing the film and it will be directed by Akiva Shafir with Seth MacFarlane and Erica Huggins producing. So, uh, yeah, there you go with that one. Um, in some other news, right? I... I, I yeah, this one kind of baffles me. But Channing Tatum has just disclosed, right, that um, his free association has picked up the rights to Ghost. So, yeah, we're going to be getting a new Ghost at some point soon. Now, he does, he says... I think it needs to change a little bit, right? We're going to do something different. Now, I think that's just gender swapping the characters, so the girl's going to be the ghost. But 
we will see, right? Um, now it's currently what number two in the charts, but Megan is getting a sequel. You know, it's meant to be doing a gangbusters for Bloomhouse. So yeah, a, a sequel, Megan 2.0, has been greenlit. A Kayla Cooper is back to write it, and it, it has got a calendar slot of the 17th of January 2025. So if you've seen the original and dig it, then you are probably super happy to hear that news. Uh, now, another film in the charts at the moment is I Want to Dance with Someone, the Whitney Houston film. And we now know we're getting a Michael Jackson biopic called Michael. All right, this is from Lionsgate and Anton Antonio Farouk will be directing it. It's, um, man, there is a writer involved, right? John Logan. Yes, he's going to be writing it. No one else is um, tied to this. We don't have a, uh, you know, actor who's going to be playing Jackson. We don't know. But, yeah. Now, they have said right, that it's going to, um, it, 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 it's going to kind of show a lot of stuff we don't know about Jackson, right, and including some of his most iconic performances, so, yeah, right, it, it actually says, never before told an in-depth portrayal of the complicated man who became the king of pop. So it's like, what are they going to talk about, right? Are they going to go into the stuff in his later life? Is it just focusing on the music? Who knows? But we will find out at some point, I imagine, right? Um, now, oof, boy, right? Back in 2021... Amazon dropped without remorse, right? It was a Michael B. Jordan film, and it was based on Tom Clancy's books. Now, Amazon had got the Jack Ryan series, which, uh, you know, season three has just aired, which was pretty good. Kind of creepy in the way that it foreshadowed the whole Russian-Ukrainian war, right? But no, a good, decent series, right? But, you know, without remorse, focused on John Clark, another of Clancy's characters, supposedly a darker one. Now, all of this kind of fits within another of Clancy's series, right? Rainbow Six, which does get teased at the end of Without Remorse. So it's, you know, no surprise that we find out Paramount has just signed Chad Staheleski, you know, John Wick and all of that, to direct a Rainbow Six film. You know, so this one, you know, because of the pandemic, without remorse, didn't go to cinemas. 
probably a good thing. But this one, the aim is to launch into the cinemas. And I imagine, because there's a number of books, turn it into a tent pole. So we will see what happens with that one, won't we? Right? Um, in other news, right, Edgar Wright, he's got a new film coming called The Chain, which um, sounds kind of interesting, right? It's about a woman called Rachel, a divorcee who receives a call to tell her that her 11-year-old daughter, Kylie, has been kidnapped. To rescue her child, she is forced to kidnap another child. And then Carly will only be released once the parents of that second child kidnap another child. Thus continuing the chain, right? Chain letters, that kind of thing. If any of these requirements don't happen, Carly will be murdered. What the masterminds behind this chain letter S kidnapping scheme don't know is with Rachel, who survived a bout of with cancer, they may have met their match as she is smart and determined enough to not only get her daughter back, but potentially break the chain. Now, playing Rachel will be Emma Stone. Which, um, look, we've seen what Stone can do, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, kind of looking forward to this one. Like, the concept sounds interesting, and Stone's acting chops, you know what I mean? Make it worthwhile, all right? Um, so at the moment, you know what I mean? There's all these different conferences where people are talking about the TV slates and film slates. Now, Netflix has revealed some of what is coming, right? So, January the 27th is You People. The 10th of February will be Your Place or Mine. The 10th of March, Luther, The Fallen Sun. 31st of March, Murder Mystery 2. The 12th of May, The Mother. The 16th of June, Extraction 2. I enjoyed the first one. The 21st of July, we've got They Clone Tyrone. The 11th of August, Heart of Stone. The 25th of August is Lift. The 13th of October will be Damsel. The 27th of October, Pain Hustlers. The 10th of November, The Killer. The 17th of November, A Family Affair. The 22nd of November, we got Leo. The 8th of December is Leave the World Behind. And the 22nd of December is Rebel Moon. Now, I'm I'm kind of thinking some of those October onward films could, could, right, debut at the London Film Festival. So, we will see, right? We will See, and we're gonna end on this one, which um very exciting, right? Word has now come that after a lot of back and forth, 
right? We're getting Tron free, people. We are getting Tron free. At the moment, supposedly, it's being called Tron Aries, but we will have to, you know, wait on that one. Supposedly, shooting is scheduled for August, but, you know, these things change. And Joaquim Running is... um in the vying to direct so uh yeah now i remember when joseph kronansky was out promoing top gun he was talking saying hey there's still hope and it looks like hope people has come so tron free oh i cannot wait all right that's the end of part one. But remember, this is a two-parter this week. So, people, see you on the flip. All right? Peace.